Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Coronavirus Update. If you're in lockdown, just like me, don't worry. I've put together some of the best bits from my talk radio breakfast show into this daily podcast, so you won't miss any of the day's biggest coronavirus updates. Enjoy and stay safe. Online, on DAB and on the talk radio app. Talk Radio. Good morning to you. This is Talk Radio Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Benjamin Butterworth, journalist at the i Newspapers, joining me this morning. We'll get his thoughts on my next interview in just a few moments. Let's talk to the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, who joins us now. Good morning to you, Health Secretary. Good morning. How good morning. are you? I'm very well indeed. I'm very cheered on by the good news today about this, well, yesterday, the new treatment, dexamethasone. Yeah. Uh, steroid costs just £5, 50p a day, £5 a week, a major breakthrough saving lives. Um, one in eight of the seriously ill um, could have their lives saved as a result. This is a major breakthrough for British science, isn't it? It's a massive breakthrough. It's the first breakthrough in terms of a treatment that's that's been scientifically validated. I'm really proud that's happening here in Britain. You know, we've uh, we, we've had some discussions about whether we should back the science and base our policy on the science. And this is it really coming off because the scientists at Oxford University and in my team, Jonathan Van Tam, the deputy chief medical officer, have done a brilliant, brilliant job following this. You know, in February, they told me that there was a chance, uh, a theoretical chance of this working. We've done the trial. We've also bought the drug up so that we've got plenty of it. And, um, you know, we've created a stockpile so that that meant that not only we got the re- I got the results um, late on Monday. Uh, by Tuesday afternoon, we changed the treatment in the NHS so that everybody is now getting this drug if it can benefit them. And of course, that's been the problem, hasn't it? We were actually advised early on not to use steroids uh, uh, because it would lower immunity. But uh, we're learning so much more about this coronavirus now. Um, There's been some concerns about a possible second wave in uh, China. Beijing has shut down a number of neighbourhoods, closed down schools. Are you concerned about a second wave here in the UK? Well, look, it's always got to be a concern because we've succeeded in getting and flattening the curve and getting the rate of transmission right down. You know, the Office for National Statistics say there's around four and a half thousand new cases a day on the latest stats, which is much lower than it was, much lower. Um, And we've got to keep it that way. But what we also want to do is release people's freedoms, get the economy going again. And the judgment is that we can only do that in a way that is is safe. 
But there are signs from some other countries around the world that their rate of infection is going up. And it's just so, so important that uh, we keep an eye on that okay. and that we protect people here. And reports today that two million people plus who've been shielding the most vulnerable people who've been told to stay in their homes, have no contact with the outside world, that they are going to next month be told it will be safe for them to leave. Is that true? Can you confirm that today? Well, I can't confirm that yet. Again, this is based on scientific advice uh, and we will be setting out more details in the next uh, well, well, very, very shortly. But you're not uh, denying I, it. So there is hope for those people. They'll be out of their homes in safety next month. Yes. And it's really important that uh, we that this is based on the scientific advice, because, of course, you know, protecting those who are most vulnerable to this virus is so important. Okay. And, and uh, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, often they've had to spend now more than three months in uh, at home. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a very big burden on them. Right. Well, the government's been taking a lot of scientific and medical advice, also now taking advice on policy from 22-year-old uh, England strikers. Marcus Rashford won a victory, causing the government to U-turn yesterday uh, to provide free school meal vouchers for the six weeks of the summer holidays. Um, if the policy is worth spending money on, and if these children were going to go hungry if they didn't have access to these vouchers of £15 a week, why was that not already government policy? Well, I think it's the right decision. And, uh, no, but then it would I have think... been the right decision before Marcus Rashford campaigned for it. Why was it not already? If it's the right decision yesterday, it would be the right decision before yesterday. Well, the Prime Minister last week uh, made an announcement putting money into this area. And I'm delighted that he found some more money available to be able to do that, uh, to go further yesterday. I think it's the right decision. And what matters to me as Health Secretary is the substance of you know, making sure that we support the most vulnerable people this this summer, especially because of COVID and the impact that that's had on so many families. And so I think it's the right decision. I also pay tribute to Marcus Rashford and, and the way that he's campaigned, you know, with such passion, but also extremely, you know, in a really civilised, uh, persuasive, uh, powerful way, using his own personal experience. Um, and, but doing it in, in a way that I think really commends him. And this is the sort of way that political debate should take place, in my view, uh, a, 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 a high quality exchange of ideas. OK, a high quality exchange of ideas. I think uh, the whole country will back you in, in, in your praise of Marcus Rashford and how he's uh, handled himself in this and the dignity and, and the cause. But I come back to the same issue. If, if, as of yesterday, it is a good idea for the government to spend £120 million of taxpayers' money making sure that 1.3 million children eligible for free school meals get those vouchers over the summer, why yeah. wasn't it a good policy the day before? And why wasn't it even a good policy uh, yesterday about 8 o'clock in the morning when I spoke to Grant Shapps, your colleague, the Transport Secretary, who said that it, well, it wasn't necessary to spend that money. It's either, it's either that money is either needed or it isn't. If it isn't needed, I'd rather my taxes weren't spent on something that wasn't needed. And if it is needed, why was the government not providing that cash already? Why did you have to be persuaded by a 22-year-old footballer? Well, the Prime Minister makes judgments about these things. And I think that the judgment that he's made to ensure that that money is available is the right one. I mean, that's, you know, as, uh, that you've got to look at the, uh, uh, the, the substance of these things, Julia. I think, it, I think everybody will welcome it.
Okay, I'm looking at the substance of it, and that's why people want to know why it wasn't already a policy. Um, no, people but, are more interested in what's actually going to happen, I think, but there you go. I think people are quite intrigued by the idea that the government is making policy on the hoof based on what, the, what what's being treated by, by famous footballers. I think that is a concern to people. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that's right. I think that, you know, they, you, um, it, it, in government, there's always, um, you always listen to voices. You always listen to people making arguments. Um, I, I think that the, the better put they are and, and the, uh, the more constructive they are, the more likely they are to um, get a hearing. Um, and, um, then, and, the, and the Prime Minister makes uh, judgments on these. You know, it's an area that um, I have quite a lot of uh, interest in as Health Secretary, making sure that people have, you know, are able to look after their kids over the summer. Absolutely. I think we all agree with that. Um, let's also talk just very briefly, if we can, about uh, the government's decision yesterday uh, to move the foreign aid budget uh, into the Foreign Office, uh, basically abolishing the Department for International Development, um, keeping that 0.7% G of GDP budget, though. Um, David Cameron, former Conservative Prime Minister, along with uh, Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, criticised this. Cameron said this would mean less respect for Britain overseas. Do you agree? I it's a rare occasion, but no, I don't. I, I think that having your the very generous amounts that we spend on aid uh, being uh, strategically um, tied together with our foreign policy, I think is important. Um, almost every other country around the world does it the way that we are now going to do it, you know, uh, including other very generous countries, you know, countries that are as outward looking and focused as you know, Norway was the example that was used in the House of Commons yesterday. I mean, almost every other country does it this way. And I, so I think there's good sense behind Next that. Next thing is to get rid of the 0.7%. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Across 
the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. Talk Radio. Now let's welcome Sir Ian Duncan Smith. He's former Conservative Party leader, of course, and a former Work and Pension Secretary. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Morning. Um, let's talk about Marcus Rashford, England striker. He's now <laughs> considered to be the, the hero of the nation. He's uh, forced the government into a U-turn to spend £120 million ensuring that 1.3 million children who are eligible for free school meals uh, continue to get them during the summer. Their parents are going to be given a £90 voucher at the beginning of the six-week period to cover the £15 a week uh, extra cost of food over the summer period. Now, government being accused of a humiliating U-turn. Uh, it was very predictable uh, to happen. But um, is this the right thing for the government to do? Well, the um, uh, I know that the media always loves to dwell on U-turns, but I think the government has done the right thing in the sense of trying to support the most vulnerable children. Uh, there, the, 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 the debate was whether free school meals uh, was really the right mechanism to do this, because uh, one of the points about free school meals is that uh, whilst children are at school, you can absolutely guarantee that those children are getting the support directly that they were supposed to get. But when they're away from school, it's, it's very difficult to be certain of that. So the question really is not, is it right to support those children? Absolutely right to find the support for them. The question is how best to do that during the period they're away from school. And there is some talk, for example, that um, we, we could and should look even at summer schools uh, for many of those children to be able to help them with their education, which has gone missing over the last few months. So there's lots of things I think we need to think about with this summer break rather than just saying everybody away for eight weeks or whatever. I think there's lots we need to do to make sure children don't lose out, particularly the most vulnerable children who well, suffer. Well, we know, and we know it's the most disadvantaged children who are probably in the areas where the schools are providing the least in terms of lessons and the most likely not to be pushed by their parents to do the work when it is provided. We know all those issues. But what I, don't, what I grapple with right now is uh, I live in the sixth richest country in the world. We spend billions on welfare. You were in charge of the, bringing in the universal credit system. and you, you, you got a lot of flack for it, but I think even the Labour Party, other than for the pure Corbynistas, came round the idea that actually this new simplified system uh, was actually a good idea. Um, how is it possible, if it is the case, there is any family in this country on the lowest income, whether working or on benefits, who can't afford to feed their children a healthy lunch during the summer holidays? Is it the case that they can't afford it? And if so, why? Well, first of all, if I could just pick up on the universal credit point, the fact is the universal credit is working remarkably well. OK, let's, let's move that aside. Let's move that aside. Yeah, well, no, I want to say this because so many people have said that it was not right. In fact, without it, the whole system would have collapsed. So I want to make that point. Absolutely. Secondly, um, yes, I think there are lots of reasons why uh, some children are very vulnerable. Sometimes it's to do with uh, uh, families' incapacity to be able to look after themselves, mental health problems sometimes disability issues, and other times uh, it's literally a case of dysfunction in the family where there's sometimes abuse. So that's why I'm saying that when they're away from home, uh, it's, it's more difficult just to say it's a food voucher. Uh, what is required is actually some quite specific support. Uh, and that's why it's important to make sure that they're supported. But there are people, uh, because lots of people... Uh, have various reasons why they're in difficulty and those are the reasons why you okay. need support. Can I come back to the question again? Is there is there any family, is there any parent in Britain today on any kind of benefit of any sort, on the lowest income in this country, who you believe is financially unable to provide a healthy meal for their child? Well, there may well be uh, and are families who simply cannot manage that money. 
and are unable to, even if they have uh, the right amount of money, who are in debt and in deep difficulty. So the answer to that will be yes. OK, but you're saying they get enough money, but they've got debts and therefore there's more going out. And certainly the food bank charities and others we've spoken to the last few days. That, you know, my, my, my confusion on this is, is that if, if, you know, this, if this should be a problem every year, if it, if, if it is a problem this year, because people on the lowest incomes will have the safety net. If the safety net isn't high enough that people can afford to feed their children, then the safety net needs to be higher, surely. But if the safety net is high enough, but this is about people managing budgets or other issues, then we need to tackle those issues. And handing someone a voucher for 90 quid's worth of food at the beginning of six weeks, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have a horrible feeling that a couple of weeks in, that money isn't going to be left. So those kids aren't going to be get, being fed for most of the summer holidays. Well, I think we need to just separate the two things uh, very importantly. Um, the uh, benefits that people receive are specific to particular uh, problems that they face, either because they're unemployed, maybe they have disabilities, sickness, perennial sickness and problems. All these sort of things are, are targeted at people. So making sure people get the right benefits is also a very, very big and important feature. And sometimes uh, families just simply can't cope with understanding how to get that. And it's very important that we make sure that that is the case. The second thing, of course, is that, uh, as I said earlier on, uh, when it comes to uh, school, that system works incredibly well. Uh, and I've been working with a number of food banks to make sure that people get delivered food at home. Uh, so this voucher, I think, needs to be very carefully thought through in terms of how you deliver that in food and support, mm -hmm. not just uh, the money. And I think it's really important to make sure that if we want to support those children because their parents can't cope, because there are difficulties, it's really important we figure out with local authorities how best to do that during this period they're away from school. And I come back to the point that I said earlier, the thing about a food voucher uh, uh, in terms of free school meals when people are at school is that the teachers and everybody else can guarantee that that child actually not just gets the food, but actually uh, eats the food as well. So that works when they're away from oversight, that's more difficult, which is why it's really important to figure out how we're going to do this so this doesn't just slip through the net. That's yeah. the point. I mean, there'll be a lot of people listening to this right now who are struggling to make ends meet themselves, whether on benefits or, or on very low wages or being furloughed and the like, and they'll say, you know what, I work really hard and I do everything I can, but I've always put food on the table for my child. And if you have children, it's your responsibility. Look, everyone's got sympathy. People who suddenly lost their job, um, you know, and like single mums, although, again, why isn't dad paying towards the child uh, upkeep? And there are lots of issues for a lot of people who are, who are struggling right now, who are putting food on the table for their children, who, who will wonder about... You know, it's it's look, it's very attractive. It's really you know, this lovely young man who who's come from a single mum household, who who who's on free school meals himself, who's who's putting back into the community, he's raising money for charity. He's now paying you know a hundred grand a week in, in taxes. He's obviously a great bloke, and he's done something for a good cause for because he cares about children. That's all wonderful. But there'll be a lot of people who are worried that this isn't going to be a one-off, and the idea that the state takes over paying for children's food on top of benefits every summer is going to become the norm. And at some point, people are going to say, who is responsible for feeding children other than parents? Well, this is the reason why I say that uh, for the moment, because of the coronavirus and because of the problems that have erupted as a result of that, people not going back to work, a lot of people have uh, have fallen unemployed, particularly the self-employed who have had no businesses, etc. Um, the critical issue is uh, making sure that certain key families are able to support themselves and it's important that the children are supported. Now, that's the point I come back to again. I don't think going forward, just having 
an, an idea of continuing uh, the free school meal point through the holidays will be the best way. What we need to think through carefully is find out and identify, which is really important, the vulnerable families where those children for various reasons, maybe it's dysfunctionality, abuse, difficulties with uh, parents suffering maybe from mental health, these sort of things. We need to get to those families who really, really need that support okay. those children do. That's the better way right. to do it. I would hope we'll think that through more carefully. Let's also talk about the announcement from the Prime Minister yesterday that uh, he's going to put the Department for International Development, the foreign aid budget, currently £15 billion. Are they likely to go down because it's a, a measurement of GDP? It was 0.7% of GDP and that's going down. But he's moving that into the Foreign Office. It's been criticised by David Cameron and Tony Blair and, and Gordon Brown. Uh, David Cameron said this would mean less respect for Britain overseas as a result. Do you agree? No. Why not? Because I just don't think <clears throat> that um, the setting up of uh, DFID uh, absolutely changed anything. It was the scale of the money that changed things. The same kind of officials will be delivering uh, aid to those who need it. And I think it's really important that, uh, that it's within the strategic nature of what the government is trying to achieve. I mean, one of the big problems with DFID, frankly, the more you looked at it, was every year towards that latter stage of the year, a huge amount of, of misspending took place because they were in a rush to complete their spending targets um, and the oversight became poor in that last sort of uh, four months or so of the year and that happened almost every single year. Yes, some Secretary of State were able to get it back a bit but the reality is I think inside the Foreign Office uh, it'll need to be very carefully managed so it fits within the UK government's strategic view of where it needs to support and how it needs to support people. So I think it's better <clears throat> brought back within the Foreign Office than it used to be there in the first place anyway. Online, on DAB and on the Talk Radio app. Talk Radio. Right, let's turn our attention, though, to uh, the first what appears to be life-saving drug when it comes to treating coronavirus. Uh, loads and loads of other stories around. The Marcus Rashford story, all these other stories around yesterday, but it almost it seemed to pass by this extraordinary breakthrough we've seen of for dexamethasone. It's a steroid. It costs 50p a day, so about £5 plus a week. Um, and uh, it can save thousands of lives when it's used to treat the seriously ill uh, with coronavirus in hospital. Professor George Romanosov joins us now. He's a virologist at the John Innes Centre. Good morning to you, George. Hi, Good morning again. Morning, um, good morning. It's, I mean, it's an extraordinary breakthrough, this. And we were always told, weren't we, that a treatment is more likely to come sooner than a, a, a vaccine or a cure uh, for coronavirus. But this is a very important breakthrough. It is indeed. Um, it's really good to get some good news like this. Yes. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's an old drug. I mean, it's been around for about 60 years. It's quite widely used for treatment of things like arthritis it's an anti-inflammatory and the great thing about it being old is that all the safety tests have already been done um so you don't have to go through all that that stage just you know anything about the side effects which are i mean they're there like all drugs but they're, they're not they're quite mild um and uh, so it, it can be deployed immediately which is uh, really good news yeah, absolutely. And again, you say it's, it's cheap, it's available already. Um, what's interesting, of course, was uh, at the very beginning of this uh, pandemic, we were told by the Chinese that actually uh, steroids should be avoided because, of course, steroids actually uh, lower your immunity. But it does appear that once you've got the lung inflammation, once you've already got the infection, this is the correct treatment. But again, this is just all part of this learning process we're going through with this new virus. Yes, yeah, so, and that's actually a very good point. I mean, you couldn't just... Um prescribe it so willy-nilly in the hope that it would do something. You had to do a, a proper clinical trial like this to make sure um, how to use it and in the appropriate dose. 
Um, and of course, as I think other people have already said, um, you can't just distribute to the general public. It won't stop you getting the virus. It's not an antiviral drug, but it can uh, dampen down the inflammation you get as part of the symptoms when you're severely ill because you get all this inflammation of the lungs which causes all the damage and the breathing difficulties. Now, this isn't the only drug that's being trialled, is it? I mean, they're just pretty much trying anything and everything uh, yeah, to see what works. Yes, basically. I mean, we had the, obviously the hydroxychloroquine, um, which seems not to be effective. There's this drug, remdesivir, which is, is an antiviral, used to originally to treat Ebola. And um, so, uh, yes, people are taking things off the shelf because you can do it quickly. But most importantly, because they've already undergone their safety trials and, uh, and you know what to look for of any side effects. Um, if you develop something really new, that can take a, a lot longer. So there's yeah. a lot of repurposing going on. Absolutely. Well, I mean, as you say, nice to have some good news for a change. Just one final thing I want to ask you. Um, there, there's a, well, it looked very clear from what Matt Hancock had to say, Health Secretary, when we spoke to him earlier, that as of next month, two million people shielding at home will be told they can venture out next month. He said he didn't want to sort of confirm it now, but I said, you know, you're not denying it. And he said, you know, yes, I'm not denying it. So it does look like those people who are shielding will be allowed out. Are you confident that that's right? Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm very pleased for people um, who are in that position. It must be really miserable to give hope. I just hope that the testing um, and the tracing is up and running uh, efficiently by then so that if there is any um, downside, it can be quickly recognised. And, and, and if necessary, and I hope it's not necessary, any kind of shielding can be put back in place. Across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker, Talk Radio. Thanks for listening to today's Julia Hartley Brewer coronavirus update. Please don't forget to like, comment and most importantly, subscribe. And you can catch me live on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 till 10. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.